that my legacy as a recruiter gets to inspire others, joining us in becoming true leaders in our organization. Welcome to the Bluff Podcast, where you get the bottom line up front and we won't waste your time. Welcome back to another episode of the Bluff Line. Again, I am your host, Command Sergeant Major Juan Jimenez, and it is truly an honor for uh, me to be on here, giving you the latest information and just talking to you guys about what you wanna listen to, what you wanna hear, and who you wanna bring on to our podcast. I have another opportunity to bring another special guest on to the show today. Like we say in the Army, whatever the challenge, whatever the mission, the Army will be ready. And I got an opportunity to bring an Army recruiter today to talk a little bit about how they recruit in today's Army. And if you don't know, I used to be a recruiter back in the day. And they talk a little bit about how we or I recruited back in my time and see some of the differences and also see how we're reaching out to our youth and continuing to push forward in recruiting in today's Army. Before we get started, what I'd like to do is pass it over to our special guest, and uh, we do have a special guest named Staff Sergeant Almeida, and I want to let him go ahead and introduce a little bit, talk a little bit about him and his background. So over to you, Sergeant Almeida. Sorry, Mayor. First of all, thank you for allowing me to be here in this awesome platform. As you said, my name is Staff Sergeant Almeida. I am from Caguas, Puerto Rico. I enlisted in the United States Army in 2014 as a member of the Air Defense Community. Back then, I was looking to join the Army. It seemed like a really cool thing to do, but in reality, I didn't know much about the lifestyle or any of the benefits that the Army was able to offer. So I ended up going to the, to the Army local recruiting office and met with a recruiter. And let me tell you, Sergeant Major, the recruiter did an awesome job explaining me the benefits that the Army has to offer, including medical benefits, educational benefits, and, and the part-time and full-time side of the Army, which in my case, I ended up going to the full-time side of the of the Army, which is the active duty. And since then, I have been able to, to have some outstanding memories and experiences, including traveling to multiple locations around the world, and most importantly, to complete my education, including a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, all paid by the Army. So it was a really good decision for me to go visit the recruiting office uh, and join this awesome organization. And now I am here. I am a United States Army recruiter here in Metairie, Louisiana. Hey, that is awesome. And I'll tell you that that story that you just talked about, I'm sure there are others out there that are kind of following along those lines. And I can tell you that when I joined back in 1993, that storyline was probably fitting for me as well, except I joined out of El Paso, Texas, where you joined out of Puerto Rico. You know, I wanted to get some education under my belt. You know, I had just graduated high school and I went in and talked to our local recruiter and, and they had some great information to give me. And by all means, I followed all the steps. And here I am today, 28 years later, continuing to serve my country and, and proud to continue to serve uh, our people of the United States. As an Army recruiter, I want to see if you can talk to us a little bit about what you do or what your role is as an Army recruiter. Uh, well, sorry, Mayor. Um, me, as well as the other recruiters here in the United States Army, Metairie, Louisiana Recruiting Station, we're basically the face of the Army. I mean, my role as an Army recruiter, as well as the other recruiters out there, is to ensure that the civilians 
the communities and the schools that we get to work with get to have the proper knowledge of the art of the many benefits that the army has to offer to them and not only that but we also have to ensure that every person that wants to join us are fully qualified and get a proper plan that can help them achieve their life goals and after that if everything is good then we assist them in the process of, of joining our team which is the best team out there at the united states army now i got you and you know some our viewers might say you know why did you reach out to a staff sergeant out of louisiana when you're in Huntsville, Alabama. Well, you know what? Like I talked about just earlier, you know, whatever the challenge, wherever the mission, the Army will be ready. And we are one big team. If we're active duty, or if we're National Guard, or we're reservists, we're all soldiers in the United States Army. And I didn't put it out, but, you know, Staff Sergeant Almeida used to be one of my soldiers and non-commissioned officers in uh, my last unit. And we were out there at Fort Hood where we were able to do a lot and accomplish a lot in our deployment and in our missions as uh, Patriot Air Defenders. So yeah, I mean, that, that tie does not go away. You know, we are brothers and sisters in arms and we continue to do that no matter where we go. We always keep that link and it's good that I was able to reach out to him and see if he wanted to come onto this podcast and just talk a little bit about himself and what he's doing for the United States Army today. I would tell you that, uh, you know, a lot of people might not know what we do as non-commissioned officers, but we do a lot. We get asked to do different missions. We get asked to do different jobs. It's not necessarily only the job that we get trained to do, but it allows us to gain so many skills out there. And, you know, just want to get with you on what you think or what would you like to leave as a non-commissioned officer or as an army recruiter in the United States Army? Sorry, Mayor, that, that's a good question. My goal may not be reflected today or tomorrow, but I do hope that in the future, I get to know that every community, school, and most importantly, every person that I get the opportunity to talk with and help them join the army, understand the importance of what an army leader is. Because we don't know those people that are joining us today Maybe the ones that in the future are in my positions, and maybe the ones that are recruiters at the time, or may, or maybe in positions in where they get to lead soldiers in training environments, and they will need to to use the leadership skills. So I do hope that that my legacy as a recruiter gets to in, inspire others joining us in becoming true leaders in our organization, as well as explain to others how beneficial the army can can be to to them. Now you're 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 spot on, and uh, you know you talked about how you were able to gain your education through serving in the United States Army and continue to serve. I can tell you I did the same thing. And, uh, you know, just publicly, I want to say to Sergeant Almeida, I mean, you kicked it off for me. You kept uh, pushing me, you know, when you're going to start your master's program, I'm doing mine. So, you know, while we were deployed, even, we kicked off our college and we were going through college classes while we were in our deployment on our off time. You know, we'd get our classes in. Anytime we had a little bit of free time, we were taking care of classes. And uh, by all means, as you can tell, you know, that that tie never goes away. I want to talk a little bit about how you recruit nowadays versus how I kind of recruited back then. And there, I'm sure there is differences. I can tell you that, you know, when I recruited back in my time, we used an acronym called Teams T to help uh, people join in and it dealt with training and education and adventure and money, service to country and traveling around the world, being a United States soldier. I just wanted to see what your take is on in today's recruitment world. 
Sorry, Major, I believe one of the main differences how you recruited back in the day to how we recruit now is the, so the use of social media platforms. Social media platforms have allowed me, as well as other recruiters in my recruiting station, to keep communicating and providing information to the people within our communities, even during this pandemic that we're facing, which, you know, which we know is difficult. And like, for example, some of, of my coworkers have been able to participate in online classrooms in order to provide students with army presentations. And I think that is really cool that, that we get to do that nowadays. So most definitely we have been adapting to the way we approach people and also keeping some of the traditional ways, like including going out to the community and making sure that the people out there know that we're here, that we're here to not only help them join the army, but we're also here for the parents, the teachers and the veterans in our community, which they help us a lot and we most definitely have to give them our support. You're right. And I can tell you that those same lines were kind of the same things that we did back in the day when I recruited uh, and uh, it was really gaining the trust of our community to let them know that we are here as a avenue for information to help our community continue to build this all volunteer army that we serve in. And, you know, it's really the help of the community that helps us you know, get our message out. It's the veterans out there, it's our DOD contractors, our installation employees, our current active duty soldiers, our National Guards, our reservists, I mean, you name it. Those all help us in pushing out the message if someone so desires to serve their country with the United States Army. And, and I would tell you that that's important. And as an Army recruiter, we are those ambassadors to go out there and talk to those to continue to talk their story and help us help others, you know, get in this uniform uh, and be future soldiers so they can uh, take our jobs. That's correct. That's correct. Sorry, Major. I can tell you that when I first uh, arrived to do my recruiting duty back in the day, you know, my first task was to get to know my, my community and my station commander was uh, advised me to just go out and meet people meet everybody you can uh, and let them know that you are the army recruiter without recruiting just right away but as soon as that time was up you know i was uh, reaching out and helping assist people join the united states army but uh, it is important to to talk to teachers do college presentations high school presentations do phone calls and, and we did all that and like you talked about in today's recruitment world you know you are really using the social media to get out there. And so are we, you know, a lot of times there's a little bit of controversy on why SAR majors get on a podcast, why SAR majors get out there and we get on their FaceTime. And it's really to continue our message of, you know, we are the backbone of the army. We are non-commissioned officers and we are still here helping our commanders, you know, advising our people in different platforms because we have become adaptive and innovative. You know, how do you build rapport with your community nowadays? We, I know it's more difficult now to go to the, to the schools, but every time they, they allow us to get the opportunity, uh, they give us the opportunity to go visit. We, we establish trust in that, in that school. We go and visit them. We also have the future soldiers program, which we are allowing these civilians that we help the future soldiers, but we also, they invite their friends, which are other civilians. That, that want to see how the army is and, and we help them. I would, I would tell you that, you know, I know even though I'm over here in, in Huntsville, Alabama, and you're in Louisiana, and there might be people out there listening to uh, our podcast and wanting more information, 
you know, by all means, you, they can reach you uh, at your Louisiana location, or you can give us a call in our local area, and our local number is 256-518-3972 here at Redstone Arsenal. Uh, but by all means, uh, if there's anything else that you would like to talk about, this is your platform. Sorry, maybe I just want to let uh, the listeners of this podcast know that the experience that I had while serving in the Army, it, it's been an outstanding experience for me. I have been able to take care of my family, grow as a professional, travel, get to work with people all around the world from different places that I didn't even know that, that they existed. So overall, it, had been, it has been an outstanding experience for me, sorry, Major. And if I had the opportunity, I will do it all over again. For those people that are trying to, to reach out to me as well and get some information about the Army, they can follow me on Instagram or Facebook, which is at Staff Sergeant Almeida U.S. Army, S-S-G-A-L-M-E-Y-D-A U.S. Army, or they can call me or text me at 504-296-8086. So you guys are not a, a one recruiter all the way processing uh, station anymore, right? What do you mean? Sorry, you're like, so oh. like when I recruited, I used to go out and talk to people. And if somebody was interested in, re in joining the army, I made an appointment with them. They came and sat down with me. And then if they wanted, I grabbed all their documents, processed them, build a SF-86, I think it was, and then processed them all the way to MEPS, got them tested, got them uh, into the service, and then uh, got them in the program and shipped them all the way. So I was that recruiter for that, those individuals all the way through. No, it's the same way, sorry, Mayor. That's what we do. Okay, so there's no passing over of people. You you find somebody, you're processing them all the way through. Yeah, we, we find some people and we pass them all the way through. Outstanding. No, I think that's great, man. I want to thank you for taking the opportunity. I know you're busy out there recruiting and uh, taking the opportunity to jump on this podcast and talk a little bit about recruiting. Allow me to talk a little bit about my recruiting days when I did it. And I wish you the, the best of luck out there. And if you ever need anything, you know, like I said, we are brothers and sisters in arms and always ready to reach out and help out. So by all means, again, thank you to all our veterans that uh, served and uh, laid down the foundation for us to continue to serve. Other than that, thank you for your time. Thank you, Sergeant Major. This is our first ever anonymous mailbag segment that we got going on. And what it is, it's the opportunity for our listeners to send me in an email of a concern or something they might want to talk about that we can bring to light. So with saying that, I'd like to toss it over to Jonathan so he can talk to me and the listeners out there about our first mailbag that we got going on. All right, Sergeant Major. Thanks for having me again. We've got a couple good ones today. So it looks like the first one here, we we have a person. I don't know if it's who it is, but we have a person, and they drove two hours to Redstone to get a dependent ID card renewed for uh, one of their dependents. And they get up to the one stop. They arrive, I think they said around 11 a.m. And they get up to the one stop, and they sit there and they wait, and then eventually they're told, sorry, we're not going to be able to get to you today. You'll have to come back later. Naturally, this upset them because they live two and a half hours away. I feel like this situation could have been avoided with a little bit of planning. No, I, I hear you on that. And that, that is a good mailbag that we can talk to about today. And, and like you said, it, it is dealing with our, with our one stop. It looks like it was a uh, 
dependent military ID card issue, um, trying to do the right thing and come in. Uh, I, I would tell you that our one-stop does a phenomenal job trying to balance, one, getting everybody service that comes in there, and two, because of COVID and the, the situation that we're going through right now, we've had to have a balance on how many people actually come in, how many appointments are made, and leaning into appointments, uh, I would tell you that uh, for our listeners out there and the, the concern that came in, if you're driving that far out or, or not, you know, the best way to get serviced at our one stop is, is to make an online appointment or simply call. But I would tell you the best way is to make an online appointment and uh, you can get on there on the uh, rapidsappointments.dmdc.osd dot mail and simply make an appointment so you have a sure slot for you or you can call for some information at 256-842-2418 and that way you have something set and to me it's a little bit better planned and allows you to get seen because you have a set slotted time for you that's good advice the more i look at this the more i wonder do you think there's an expectation of people when they just show up at the one stop that they're going to be guaranteed a spot and they're going to be guaranteed to to get whatever it is they need to get? I, I think there there might be a little bit of a preconception that if I walk into the one stop, I will get serviced on a walk-in basis. And I would tell you that the one stop does an outstanding job. One, to fulfill all the appointments that are made to come in. And then obviously if some are helped a little bit quicker than others and they're able to take a couple walk-ins right before the other appointment uh, is honored, they try to do that. Or if there's some no-shows, they will try to do that and take take in those walk-ins. But I, I don't, it is not a guarantee, like a guaranteed appointment that you can make online. Um, so although we do take walk-ins and we do facilitate all the way in, there comes a point into the one stop where we have to stop taking walk-ins or else we would be there way into the evening hours. And, uh, you know, with uh, with our workforce, we have to have a stopping point. So I think what's what what's done is they reach a stopping point that will facilitate the time allotted to where closing business of the one stop is lined up with. That's true. You know, I've been down there to get my CAC renewed once. And the first time I went down there, I got there after three. And they stopped doing CACs at three. Right. So I came back the next day. Everything was fine. And then last week we had another one of our employees. He went down there and he got there about 250. But by the time he got up to the, you know, to the window, it was after three o'clock. And they said, hey, you got to come back the next day. Right. No big deal. But. No, I mean, and, and you're right. I, th- I think what the one stop does is it tries to accommodate everybody. But there has to be a stopping point or, or else we'd be going all night. Um, so really, the expectation for someone to get seen on a walk-in basis would probably be having to come in early in the morning. If you're coming in in the late afternoon, you know, your chances get slimmer, I, I think. And, uh, you know, if you drove, you know, a certain amount of hours and you don't get service, I, I would probably be a little disappointed, too. So I think the right thing to do and the sure thing to do is just make the appointment or call if you're having trouble on the online service. Call the number and leave a message and uh, see when they get back to you. Um, But by all means, um, we do take walk-ins, but it is uh, somewhat of a gamble when you come in on a walk-in basis. 
This next one's kind of, um, it should be kind of near and dear to you because it's about the retirement services here at Redstone. So this person, he's in the process of retiring, and he went to complete his survival benefit program in person with one of the uh, retirement service officers. He's from an outstation, so it's not like he's local. I, I think he drove probably another two and a half, three hours to get here. And, you know, retiring from the Army is not necessarily as clean cut as you would think it would be. Uh, there, there's a lot of different things involved in that. But this person, you know, he was just disappointed. I do agree with you. It is near and dear to my heart because eventually I will be doing that process of retiring from the United States Army. But it is something, you know, and I'm glad this, this came in because it's something I'm going to look into a little bit further and ensure that our retirement services are, are being helpful to those going through the process. Um, I know we do have a system in place. I know we do service people other than Redstone because there are universities out there that have military service members that are teaching military science. There's recruiters out there. I mean, there's a, a, a number of people that are not just stationed on Redstone that we service that uh, use our facilities to, to transition. So um, I would tell you that, again, you know, please contact our uh, transitioning uh, SFL TAP services to ensure you get the checklist that allows you to go down the list of things that uh, you are required to have or need as you begin your transition. There is a number, and I will put that number out to you. It is a 256-876-3295 or simply go to the uh, usarmy.redstone.mcom.mbx.sfltap at mail.mil. And uh, you can send in some emails on it if you have some concerns, or it'll walk you through on that website on how to set appointments up for uh, transitioning for the um, uh, Redstone uh, Soldier for Life area. I would tell you that it is something I'm going to look into just to see if we can refine the process a little bit. Uh, because it is, for most, a first time, uh, regardless if you've spent 4, 10, 12, 20, 30 years in the service, uh, you only do it once when you decide to transition out. And uh, we want to make sure that uh, we're providing the best service. I know COVID kind of threw some things off, as well as the, the other one I just explained on, on how we have uh, personnel here or telework. And so there are some elements in this program as well that uh, have our employees teleworking, have our employees coming in in uh, different uh, segments or different time hacks so that we do not potentially put people in, uh, in danger of being too close to each other during the COVID pandemic. So it, it is taking a little bit of uh, time to adjust to these programs and facilitate all our workers or all our people that are using these uh, facilities to, to help either transition or to help renew a military ID card or CAT card. But um, those are some numbers that you can reach out to to ensure that you have an appointment set, which will help you out versus trying to do a walk-in. You know, that that's a good point about COVID. We, we get tired of talking about it because it's been going on for over a year now. But with all the forward-facing services that Redstone and the Garrison and, and all of those provide, these men and women really have done a good job of, of keeping the doors open, keeping the things moving. And 
I think it's just going to take a little patience from all of us until we can kind of get back to normal if if that ever happens. No, you're right. And, and like I said earlier, I mean, you might not get the answer you want, but I promise I'll get you an answer. And, you know, the answer is COVID had a vote and uh, we have been operating a little differently. Uh, you know, our claim to fame is we never closed down completely all our services, but we have had to tailor them back. And it's to in order to not have to completely close them, uh, but it has put a little bit of a damper. It has put a learning curve on how we continue to provide these services uh, at the one stop, be it a ID card renewal or a transitioning service member to retirement, uh, dealing with all the DD uh, um, 214s and I mean, you name it, those processes have taken us in a different direction on how we can still provide it, how we can still be safe during this pandemic and make sure we're trying to capture everybody that's going through that process. So, you know, I think really doing a little planning on everybody's part will go a long way. Uh, you, although walk-ins and stuff are, are um, acceptable, they're, they're not guaranteed. So uh, just please make an appointment. Please uh, reach out to the different websites or numbers and, uh, and get some solid information, get some solid uh, appointments set up so that you do not fall short. If you want to reach me at the Command Sergeant Major Anonymous Mailbag and have a concern, please email me at juan.p.jimenez.mil at mail.mil so we can receive your uh, concerns or questions and we can uh, address those. Jonathan, thank you so much for uh, throwing me those two uh, emails in our mailbag segment. And with that, that wraps up our uh, mailbag segment for uh, today. And I thank you and continue to send in some questions. So that way we may bring you an answer uh, on this podcast. Until then, bye-bye.